Welcome to the Rooted Legacy Podcast. At Laurel Branch Church of God, we are devoted to developing an environment of engagement with Yahweh and hosting His presence attentively. Our hope is to help others become rooted in beloved identity and further the kingdom of God on this earth. From Pastor Seth Klein and the congregation at Laurel Branch Church of God, we hope this message brightens your day and changes your life. We pray that God blesses you and all that you do. Thanks for listening. One of them we all know that we last year started the, the backpack giveaway, and I think that that was a phenomenal success. I believe that many lives were touched through that ministry, and we want to do that again, uh, do it just as, as big last year, and I don't like to say big because I'm not trying to you know, promote anything that we do, but I, I don't want to do anything less. I'll say it that way. So our goal is 200 plus backpacks, and then we set another goal that I believe is attainable, but we will have to uh, pray about it, seek God about it. But I want to be able to, for certain students, provide them a brand new pair of shoes for the new for the upcoming school year uh, I know what that's that's a big burden for a lot of parents I think that would be a great blessing and I want to be able to do that this year so uh, it, it school isn't out yet but there's a saying we have at work a friend of mine one time shared it with me we, I said thank God it's Friday he said yeah but it's only two more days till Monday so school is getting ready to release but in just a few short months after letting out for the summer it will be taking back up again so we don't really have that long to prepare for it so my my maybe this is pre-meeting i want to say this i want to start getting ready for the following school year and those are two major goals that i want to uh, that i that that i want to work towards okay so Immediately following church, I think there's, is there soup? Don't think so? Well, we're just going to have me. I'm going to discuss a few things and go over the vision and, and see who and all is okay and would like to participate in what, what, what we see do. The second thing is I really want to start doing something as far as entrepreneurship or doing something outside of the box as it pertains to funding the vision and funding the goal. Yes, I believe, and I preached a few weeks ago, that if we're doing a kingdom work, God will supply the finances for that work from the kingdom. I believe that. I believe, however, God will also put men within the church that are kingdom-minded entrepreneurs that will be businessmen that will fund the works of the kingdom. So there's a few things flashing through my head maybe feasible maybe not I'll discuss them later but with that being said I think that's all the announcements is there anything that I missed anybody know any? oh tonight encounter service 630 at Baileysville Community Center uh, it's the third Sunday of the month we'll be there tonight so if you're not doing anything and, and feel like listening to me a second time uh, I'll, I'm going to teach there tonight and uh, just just, just uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to carry over from today. I really feel like here's something that I want to share with y'all. I really feel that this sonship revelation is not only going to be a release from things that have hindered you, but it's going to be a liberty and permission to walk into things that will continue to liberate you. Um, what I mean by that is I believe that God will start giving you the finances and giving you permission to continue to, to, to expand his legacy and his kingdom in this earth. But I believe that, 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 that we must understand that this thing only comes to those that walk in the revelation of sonship. Let me explain this really quick. If you have a king sitting on a throne... Everything that belongs to the king is then given as an inheritance to those that are by way of birth his sons. 
So the king that sits upon a throne will then give his, his, his kingdom and his properties and his territories and divvy it up, if you will, to those that are by way of birth his sons. There is born again sons and a remnant of sons, sons and daughters that are being, that are being uh, separated or drawn out of the church. I believe that there's as a few that are willing to pursue this sonship revelation, and you will see the evidence of their sonship revelation by how what they obtain in the kingdom and by way of goodness and graciousness given to them by the Father. Okay? If my Father who is evil knows how to give good gifts, how will my Father in heaven who is good and holy not withhold anything from me and give me the things that I desire, especially the powers and the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Huh? I believe that things that we are going to do in the earth are going to be are going to be propelled by way of the power of the Holy Spirit. When things that seem unobtainable are being obtained only by way of the Holy Spirit, then it will be a testament to God uh, to, for God that there are sons and daughters being drawn out of the earth, that they would be representations and ambassadors of his kingdom in this planet. Now, I believe, most, most may disagree with me, but I believe that we are given a mandate to produce heaven in the earth. There were two times that heaven came into the earth. <clears throat> through Adam and through Jesus. Jesus came into the earth that by and through him you would have access to the Father that has access to everything within the universes. So the way that, let's go to the, 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 uh, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven. Notice our. Possessive plural. Not my Father, not your Father, not Jesus' Father. Our Father, inclusive. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then give us everything else. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The mandate is for sons to seek the kingdom or seek the presence. I believe, I believe it could go two different ways. Seek the presence of Jesus, seek the presence of the Father. But if you seek the presence of the Father, you ultimately seek the presence of the Son and vice versa. Okay, we, we believe in the Trinity. We can't seek one without the other, okay? If you receive one, you receive them all three. So, I'm going to pursue God. I'm going to pursue the Father. I'm going to pursue the Bridegroom. I'm going to pursue the Holy Spirit. And there's nothing that will restrict me from that except for me. And some kind of twisted ideology that I can't attain it. I can obtain it. And I will obtain it. And so will you. Now, it, I believe it will not come through works. Works of righteousness which we have done. I do not believe that it will come through works so that we could boast. I believe that it is a gift from the Father to the sons that are willing to turn away from wicked intentions, desires, and ways and return back to his home and his righteousness in holiness and then there they obtain a, 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 a mark, if you will, that separates them from the rest of society. There, I believe there's people that, are, that have lived in church their entire lives. I know people that, that served God for 80 plus years that never walked in this sonship revelation. They walked in servitude. Now, I'm not against servitude, but I'm against servitude titling you and labeling you in the kingdom. I can prove to you that God did not redeem you to call you servant. I'm finally glad the Holy Spirit gave me a way to go right here because I have three, th three, three sets of notes up here that I just did not know which way I was going to go this morning. But let me find the scripture. Luke 15, starting with verse 11. I hope the Lord helps me out here because as of late, I have so much in my head that I just don't know how to let it all out. 
Starting with 11, we'll go to verse 32. Actually, the entire parable of the prodigal son. The, the Lord has literally and, and greatly opened and expanded my insight to the revelation of sonship. I, I've taught out of this parable for the last 10 years. But as the last 10 days, the Lord has, has completely blown my mind with the amount of revelation that he can pour out of this parable. 11 says, And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all there, all there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. So the, the son makes a proclamation here. He said, I'm a sinner, and I'm not worthy. Please do not call me son. Three things. We could put them all into one thing, but three things. I want to separate them. He said, I'm a sinner, I'm unworthy, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm not worthy, and please don't call me son. A few scriptures down, we'll see that the father slightly and, well, gently, I would say, rebukes that statement. And then the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, I'm coming, the son is coming to his father with the intention to be called a servant. He tells his father, I've sinned in your sight, and I've sinned against you, and in your sight, and in, in, in the sight of heaven. I'm no more worthy to be called your son. And the father says to his servants, he turns away from the son, looks to his servants, and says, bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry, for this my son was dead and is alive and was lost and is found and they began to be merry he came home to be called a servant but the father would have none of it there was two things the father never called the son prodigal nor sinner there was three things the father never called the son prodigal sinner or servant there was three things the father never called the son prodigal sinner or servant he called him this okay let me let me illustrate this come here Deidre when he I'm not an English teacher I wished I was I wish I'd have paid a lot more attention in school for all those you in school pay attention in English class when he used the word this he specified a particular person this my son he, he used two particulars to identify this son. This, my son. This, my son. This one and no other one. There, there, he specified this particular person. This, my son. He was deliberate and specific in re-identifying the son for who he was born to be, the father's son. He removed the label prodigal. He removed the label sinner. He removed the label servant and said, this my son. It, he made it definite. He made it deliberate. He made it intentional. And he particularly said it of this individual, this my son. You can see. You can be seated. 
There is nothing in that scripture that we could take away from that son when the father declares and proclaims, this my son, particular and possessive. I don't know if that's a good English lesson or not, but it's helping me. This particular, my son, possessive, belongs to me. He does not then refer to this, this prodigal son as servant as he wished. How many of us approach the throne and we wish or request that God would just at least call me a servant? I was in this frame of mind for many years. I would say, say to me, this is my, or, or not, excuse me, say unto me, my servant, well done. My good and faithful servant, well done. I was the elder brother, and I'll prove that in a minute. I was the elder brother for many years. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I prayed that statement many times over and over and over. Father, <clears throat> this is kind of oxymoronic. Father, let me hear of you. This is my beloved, this is my, this is my good and faithful servant in whom I am well pleased. I want to be well pleasing to you, but the only way that I thought that I could obtain the status of being well pleasing was by the number, the multitude, <clears throat> and the quality and the quantity of works in which I performed. It was a performance mindset. It was a performance mindset that I thought that I had to do as much or more than the next person. I had to do a better job than the next person. I had to sacrifice my life to a sacrificial servitude. I had to give up everything. I had to give up sonship for servitude so that I could be faithful, well done, good servant. God did not redeem me and give me salvation that I would remain in servitude. A matter of fact, let me say it this, let me say it this way. I believe that when we begin to walk in sonship, we begin to walk in an authority where cancer becomes our servant. Diabetes and anxiety and depression becomes our servant. Uh, I believe that Alzheimer's and dementia becomes our servant because we walk with an authority that is great and mighty and there is no power under the universe that can reject the authority of King Jesus, the authority of Yahweh. And it is this simple as great and mighty as he is, he gave you the same great, mighty power when you became sons of God. Hmm? Most of us have seen movies that involve a king and the heir to the throne. We understand that there was a king who had an authority over a territory or a region and it was understood and expected that when he passed away that reign and that authority would be passed down to the next generation from generation to generation to generation these are called dynasties we also understand that if an enemy was determined enough to overthrow the authority of the seated king. He had to kill that king and his descendants and override the authority of that dynasty and place himself upon the throne. The enemy has tried to do that with you. He has tried to dethrone you so that he could from your throne manipulate your authority and, have, and use your authority on you to make you think you're a servant. He has dethroned you with lies and manipulation, a counterfeit, a, a, a counterfeit understanding of the gospel. That's a, pretty good, that, that's a pretty good statement, a counterfeit understanding of the gospel. 
It is a manipulative, it is an, a manipulative, underhanded misinterpretation and translation of what the scriptures are actually saying. How many of us in this room for our entire duration of our lives have heard it preached that we're servants? I have. From day one, I walked into this identity that I will be a servant of God, but I never fully walked in the identity of son of Almighty God. Son and daughter of Almighty God. Now, as I said Wednesday, out of all the revelations that the Lord has poured into, my, poured into my heart, not one has released me the way that this one has released me. You've got to understand that he came to the Father with a restricted mindset and ideology. Let me explain this. I messed up. So if at best he can show me a tad bit of mercy, I can approach the man that I once used to call father. I can then come back and approach him and call him master. And it will smooth things over for the rebellion that I did. And he'll let me live in the servants' quarters. He'll let me, he'll let me eat with the servants because they have food and enough to spare. And a, a restricted mindset, the, 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 the revelation of servitude will cause you to always be restricted in your access to the Father. Let me say that again. The, the, the understanding or the revelation, that the, and, and, and it, is a, it is a limited revelation, okay? I, I do believe we have to come through the process of servitude. But I never think that we, and now, I never think we're supposed to remain in that process of servitude. I think the process of servitude is to get us back into sonship. So, I believe that when we come with this restricted understanding, that it, it well, this, this manipulated revelation of understanding of servitude, it restricts us from access to the Father. Well, you... If it be God, that's one of the that's one of the biggest restrictions in the church today. Well, if it be God's will, because it's a it's a servitude mentality or understanding that hey, okay, maybe I haven't got all my ducks in a row yet. Maybe I haven't I haven't got all of my things together yet. I haven't got all of my house in order yet. But if it be God's will, maybe he'll overlook that. Listen, you're never going to get your house in order. You're never going to have all your ducks in a row. You're never going to be perfect. You're never going to, other than in the sight of God, when he looks and sees you as Jesus, you'll never be perfect. That's, that's, that's the elder brother's fault here. Guess what? He tried to be perfect in the works that he did, and it never caught the attention of the Father. Read, we'll read on. You never gave me the fatty calf so that I could celebrate with my friends. you got to understand that these people, birds of a feather, flock together. Servitude, people with the revel restricted revelation of servitude will only be in relationship with people that are restricted to the same revelation of servitude. Saved by, or sinners saved by grace can only re re uh, sinners saved by grace can only remain relative to sinners. That's why I'm giving, before I give, gave you this revelation, I gave you the warning of the revelation that when you begin to walk in the revelation of sonship, people will neglect you, abandon you, turn their back on you, talk about you, assault you, verbally attack you, because they cannot tolerate one that walks in the revelation of sonship. Why? Because there's an illumination that follows the revelation of sonship. Let me read on. The father never permitted him to be called sinner, servant, or prodigal. He said, this my son. Deliberate. Particular, specific, and possessive. This my son. 
For this my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now the elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. Where was he at? He was in the field. What does the field represent? It represents service. He was in the field working. He was in the, the older son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants. I, this is nothing that I haven't taught before. Several weeks ago, I taught this. He was in the field. The field represents service. He gets close to the house, hears celebration, and he looks at, calls one of the servants over to him and says, what is this? Here's why that is. This is why I raise eyebrows here. He had full 100% access to just walk up and open the door and see for himself. Because he was a son of the father's house. He had total 100% permission to walk through the access of that door and see what all the partying was for himself. But he refused. He still associates with servants and they talk amongst themselves about what is taking place inside of the father's house because they cannot permit themselves to partake in the celebrations and the festivities of sons being called or welcomed home And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. I'm going to read all this, and then I'm going to try to go over some of my notes really quickly. He was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answered, said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. Let me say something right here. This is something that the Lord has revealed to me. Those that are restricted by the revelation of servitude will always reject family and look for friends. Why? Because it's like a trade bargain. It's a trade bargain. I'll be your friend if you be my friend, which translates, if you serve me, I'll serve you. Well, it's a trade bargain. See, it's not like that in family. I don't do what I do for you because we're all family. I don't do it because I expect anything in return. Do you know that, do you buy your kids presents for Christmas knowing that one day they may have a better job than you and return the favor? Do we do that? Brian is no longer permitted to answer those questions because that's the wrong answer. <laughs> I don't buy my kids Christmas presents in hopes that one day they'll be a doctor or a lawyer or an entrepreneur of some sort and be able to buy me extravagant gifts. I, don't do, I do that because I love them. I buy my kids things. I provide for them. I give you gifts. Or I, listen, I hope that you think that my presence is a gift because it really is. Your, your presence to me is a gift. If I get to fellowship with you, it is a gift. Hmm? Sometimes it's like an old sandwich. If it hangs around too long, it just gets a stench about it. But anyway, it's still a gift. You know? <laughs> but, but I don't do it, and you don't do it, I'm assuming, for a return. Okay, those people that hang out with like people, servants... You never gave me a fatty kid that I may celebrate with my friends. The father was not celebrating with friends. He was celebrating with family. And listen to what I'm about to tell you, and I'll go over it in my notes. If they reject you and refuse you because they're jealous of the sonship revelation on you, and they won't celebrate with you, fret not, because the father left this this self-righteous, arrogant brother on the outside to come back into your celebration and permeate the environment with his presence. And he furnished the celebration with people that would, that would actually appropriately honor and appreciate him for who he was. This my son. 
He will furnish your celebration with people that will appropriately honor you and with his presence. And I'm telling you right now, a long time, I would sit and wonder and ponder myself, why will they not come in and celebrate with me? You know what I say to them now, Larry? They can stay outside. Because it don't matter. They can stay outside. They can leave you. They can reject you. They can refuse you. All they want to, but he didn't. He did not reject you. He did not refuse you. And he sure didn't stay outside with the self-righteous with their nose up in the air. He come back in and partied with you and celebrated your return. And that deserves me to celebrate. Listen. Here's the revelation that I shared. I'm going to share it again. The celebration was not really the celebration of the father celebrating the son. He actually furnished the party so that the father could celebrate his presence. That's how good God is. You want to, he will throw a party for you so that you can celebrate him. Because you do not have the resources or the finances to appropriately honor him enough. Guess what happens when we begin to honor the Father in this room right here? It's because he furnished the celebration. It's nothing that we've done. It's because we came with, a, with nothing to offer him but ourselves. And then he furnishes the party so that sons can celebrate within the presence of the Father. That's what church is all about. That's what I want to approach everyone. Every service says, is me coming into the presence of my father, my father furnishing the celebration with his presence that I might celebrate in the glory of who he is. Come on. That's what we need to do. Do you know why? Listen, let me tell you why it ain't happening. We got an elder brother syndrome. Oh, the party for me so I can celebrate with my friends. Celebrate me for all that I've done in the field. Celebrate me for all of my hard work. Celebrate me for all of those years of faithfulness. That's not faithfulness. You, do I pay my tithes because I expect a return? Absolutely not. That's not faithfulness. And let me just be honest with you. I'm, let me be frankly honest with you. I've paid tithes. Faithfully for over 11 years. Now, people are going to gasp when I, I have not seen one return. I've not seen my finances multiply. I've not seen bills miraculously and supernaturally get paid. I have not seen money come under. I've not picked up a pillow. I've not picked up my couch cushion to find a $100 bill. I've never done that. I've known people that give that testimony. I've paid tithes and I've picked up pillowcases and money fell out of them. I picked up a couch cushion and there laid an envelope with a crisp $100 bill in it. I called the bank and when I thought I had overdrafted, I had $1,000. I didn't even know I had in my bank. That happens. Glory to God, I rejoice in those. But I've never, ever, ever received that return. But I still pay my tithes every two weeks. 10%. 10%. And there has been times I have went without. I had an old man one time tell me, and I listen, 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 listen. I'm not preaching on ties. You do what you do. You do you and I'll do me. Well, God don't expect me to pay my tithes if I can't pay my bills. My bills were a, cho were, were, my bills were a consequence of my choices. Me paying tithes is... Is, is, is me showing honor to, to God. It's me being obedient to his word. I show him, listen, trust me, don't, 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 don't leave me now. I'm just telling you. I've been the good and faithful servant. I've heard well done. But I never rejoiced in my spirit until I understood the revelation of sonship and he said this is my son who was dead but is alive lost and now found come and let us rejoice and be merry in him i've never rejoiced in my spirit the way there has never been a revelation that has released me the way that this revelation has released me you know what with all due respect i don't care what you think about me deidre 
I used to. I used to lay in my bed at night and wonder why nobody liked me. Why nobody would celebrate with me. Why nobody would call me to come preach at their church knowing good and well I could preach them hands preach them under the table. Huh? I could. Y'all know I could. Y'all don't want to laugh, but it's funny. I, this and another church is the only churches I've ever preached at twice. And been called back a third time. I thought I was doing pretty good with a neighborhood church about 50 miles down the way. I went back twice, never went back the third time. Apparently, I said something they didn't like. But that's okay. Would sit and wonder why I posted this revelation on Facebook. I really felt was good, and I got three likes. Preach my guts out and get two amens, and they just said it so that I would hurry and shut up. Y'all been, been there. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Why, why, why do all these elder brothers walk around with their nose up? Listen, have you ever walked into a place <laughs> where you know somebody looked right at you, but all of a sudden their, their, their neck has, a, has an impulse that when they see you it does this? Huh? They see you, they, they meet you in the hallway and they do they 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 look like Emmett Smith running the ball. They, they do a, what do they call that football, Brian? I don't even know. I call on him one time in five years and he lets me down. Jukini. Hmm? Why? Why? You wanna know why? You wanna know why you're not liked? It's not that you're not liked. It's because there's a revelation in you that illuminates the darkness in them. And that is why culturally Christianity and cultural cultural Christianity and cultural Pharisaic or fair excuse me. Culturally Christian and culturally Pharisaical is the same culturally. Because when the when the revelation of Jesus' sonship where the revelation of sons of God appear, it shines with such an illumination into the dark crevices of who they're trying to hide, and it reveals who they are. And that's why, that's why they don't look you in the eye when you're talking to them at Guts, is because there's something illuminating out of your soul that is from the sonship revelation that, that shines into the depths of who they're trying to hide. It, the sonship revelation reveals people, and it reveals people in your life. And people don't want to be revealed, but they're afraid of you revealing them. That's why they reject you. So it's really not you that they're rejecting. It's the Son of God in you that they're rejecting. Religion can't not do. Why is this church not busting at the seams? Because nobody likes us. Why? Because, see, I don't pretend to be something I'm not. You, you, if we really, I could, I could bring all of you up here, and we could compare accomplishments, and it would be completely irrelevant because I guarantee you if we started comparing failures, I would still beat you there. I would beat you when we start, when we start comparing failures. And I don't pretend to be a success story. I don't pretend to be a preacher on Sunday because any other day or not. Listen, I don't, ha I don't come in here and cover up with a three-piece suit. I got a Carhartt t-shirt on. And I don't look down on people for wearing shorts to church. You know what? I would wear shorts if I had legs that pretty, but I don't. They took a picture of me on Mother's Day, and I had a pair of shorts on. I'm telling you what, I, just listen. It's no joke. My ankles and my knees are the same size. They go, they, they go all the way down. It looks so funny. It looks so weird. I don't know. So I wear blue jeans. And that's why, if you've wondered, I hate skinny jeans. I can't wear them. They just won't fit. 
My knees and my ankles the same size. And shut up. I've heard people say, there ain't no such thing as big bones. Yes, there is. Look at my wrists. My wrists and my knuckles are the same size. If God, God forgot to make everything else as big as he did, my hands look like Brandy's. She's five foot one, I'm six foot two. And me and her were the same ring size. Almost. Almost. So I'm, I'm, here's what I'm saying. I don't, I, I, if we begin to put a comparison of failures, I got you there too. Because I failed miserably. And if we, if we wanted to look at how recent our last failure was, I'd probably beat you there too. But you know how many times that guy failed? And yet when he came walking up that prodigal road and the father saw him yet far off, he had compassion on him and ran to him, hung on his neck and kissed him. That is the revelation of sonship. Now is that permission for you to keep screwing up? Absolutely not. I do not I do not squander my natural daddy's resources because I know he'll always permit me access. If I didn't take care of my own home, I could go live with my daddy, my family, and everybody. They, and I'm telling you what, listen. Six people. They'd open the doors up right now. But I don't do that. I know that I could take my payday in two weeks and spend it on absolutely junk and then go to my dad and say, Dad, you know what? I can't pay my power bill this year. Would you spot me a couple hundred dollars? He would do it. But I don't, I do not squander my access to his resources because he is my father and I am his beloved son. I don't mess up on purpose or deliberately so that he could bail me out. But I'm saying to you today that you can stop right now with labeling yourself as unworthy and undeserving to be called his son because he will have none of that. And listen to me. I used to say this. I used to say it as a joke. People would start down on themselves and I would tell them, hey, you need to stop talking about my friend like that. I'm going to punch you in the eye. Listen to what I'm about to say to you. You need to stop talking about his son the way that you're talking about him. You need to stop talking about his daughter the way that you're talking about her. And you need to start listening to what he says over you and I'm about you because his thoughts define you as the song says that Brian's been singing. His thoughts define you and he will not have anything of your inward thoughts that says I am a servant, I am a sinner, I am not worthy because he will gently rebuke you and say this is my son. This is my daughter. And then he will celebrate you even when nobody else will. And he answered and said, verse 29, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come. Can, 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 you, can you feel the animosity in that statement? But as soon as this thy son was come, which has devoured thy living with harlots. Thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, art thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we would make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. There's a revelation here. Even the servants will be called sons. But until they come home, we'll never receive the celebration. Read the scriptures for yourself, and he never came home. He always stayed outside. He always assembled himself with the hired hands, the servants. And here's the sad part about both, said, both stories here. The prodigal valued his worth in how much his inheritance invoked people to like him. Remember what I just said to you. 
the prodigal son valued his worth and how many people his inheritance provoked to like him. I have a theory about the whole prodigal son. I don't believe the prodigal son squandered his living alone. I think that he was generous for what with I think he was generous with what the father had given him. And I think he spent it and gave it to people that called him friends in hopes that they would better like him. I believe that the harlots that he spent his money on were friends that he really desired to have. But because no one would give him the light of day for who he was. He took what the father had given him and he squandered it on Rena friends. And when he no longer had the resources for them to pull from, they pushed him away. When he no longer had the resources for them to pull with, pull from, they pushed him away. And he found himself alone, ashamed, filthy and dirty, hurt and brokenhearted, secluded in his own miseries. And I believe that every thought that went through his mind was, what about so-and-so? They called me their friend. What about such and such that said I was the best friend they ever had? What about all of those midnight phone calls when I stayed up and, and I listened to their phone call or their, 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 their problems and I, they, I allowed them to confide in me? What about all the times when they couldn't pay their bill and I, I paid it for them with no questions asked, with no, no, no expectation of them to ever return the favor? What about all those people that I gave my heart to and gave my living for? Where are they now when I have nothing left to offer? Most of you in this room can see people pass people in the town square and see pieces of yourself walk by because you gave them parts of who you are. And it left a hole in your identity that the only way you can get back is by getting back into the presence of the Father. I'm going to let you go with this. and it, I mean, I'm done. I'm not really done. I could go on for probably three more hours, but consider it a grace. When the Father gives you an inheritance, an anointing, a gift, a calling, and a skill, do not prostitute it out in order to find favor in the eyes of friends. You will be left with nothing. And the only hope that you could have was that you would pass on over into death. There's not a doubt in my mind that the prodigal son sat there looking at those pigs, eat that, that husk and that slop and wish that he was dead. And contemplate ways to make that a reality. Because the reality was he was dead anyways. How do I know? The father called him this thy son that was dead but is alive again. There is a resurrected remnant. A resurrected remnant of sons and daughters that are making their way back into the father's presence. Listen to the words that I'm using. A resurrected remnant. Sons and daughters that were dead because they used what God the Father had placed on their lives to try to accumulate friends, associates, and acquaintances. Networks and favors and it utterly fails them a hundred percent of the time. Fails them a hundred percent of the time. But when they decided, listen, I think here's what I want to tell you. When you come to the reality of your death in sin, then it opens up access for you to come back into the Father. And, 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 and Romans 6 and 13 says, present yourself alive to him again. 
present yourself alive to him again. You may be malnourished. You may be on the brink of death. You, you may be filthy, dirty, and your clothes may be torn and tattered. But I'm telling you right now, when he sees the resurrected remnant coming back into his presence. And I, let me give you some revelation again. This is just re re refreshing. The prodigal road was Jesus Christ because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come unto the Father but through him. And the prodigal son realized that in his death he had life more abundantly. And what he squandered was not even the tip of the iceberg to what he had come unto him when he got back into his daddy's house. Listen, I'm telling you right now. and, and it, what he gives you was never meant for you to use as leverage in the earth to so that you could rent a friend. What he gives you as his inheritance is the anointing that you could lever, or leverage his authority and manifest his presence wherever you go. Get that. He gives you the calling on your life. So that you could leverage his authority and his anointing and his presence wherever he sends you. Let me say this. I think the father had every hope in that the son would go somewhere and take his finances and his inheritance and establish kingdom. Let me talk in terms of a little bit of ministry here. Instead of establishing kingdom, he tried to build a ministry. What is the modern concept of ministry? Accumulating assets. Do you know who assets are? You notice how I said that, right? Who assets are. It's not what they are. If I was doing ministry, he's an asset to me. He's an asset to me. He's an asset to me. She's an asset to me. You three are an asset. You're an asset. And everyone that I come in contact with, I look at them as an asset because there is something of value in assets. Do you know why we look at assets? Because do you know how they look to see how much a company is worth? They look at its assets. And if I've got as many acquaintances and associates in my ministry, then when somebody looks at me, say you're a bigger ministry than me, and you look at me, but you want to look and see my assets to see if I'm worth you investing in. You look at my assets to see how many people that are associated with me before you decide to invest in me. That's why I need so many assets and accomplices and acquaintances and associates. But do you know what happened in the end of this thing? None of those meant squat while he was sitting in the mire. Guess why? The bigger ministries didn't have use for a man that had lost all his assets. Y'all better know I'm preaching this morning. I'm a preaching. But do you know what the only asset is that you need? The presence of the Father. Look at the story. He squandered everything by trying to accumulate assets. And when everything failed him, he came back into the presence of his father. And his father not only restored him, but his father expanded him. His father elevated him. His father exalted him in his very own presence and said, This thou my son, or this my son. Come on. His clothes were torn and tattered, but he covered it up with a, with, with a choice robe. His robe. His identity. His hands were dirty from feet in the slop to the pigs. But he put a signet ring on his hand. That every time, not this hand, but the right hand. And every time he reached that hand out, everybody in the fields that were trying to gain access to the Father by way of servitude, servitude looked at that ring and saw the authority of the king or the Father. This is my son. Hmm? Everywhere he stepped his foot and landed his foot, it was because his feet and his steps were ordered because he was a righteous man. He walked in the authority and the identity of his father. Most say, we used to hear when I was in Sunday school, 
that the father had put away a robe with hopes and expectations that one day the father or the son would return. But that's probably not the truth. The truth is that when he told the servant to go get the choice robe, it was actually a robe that belonged solely to the father. It was his choice robe. And it was one that very much so identified him as the head of the house. And he put it on his son. He restored a life back to him. What he had squandered out there was the bios life. But when he came back into the house of his father, he gave him the zoe life. God is the progenitor progenerator of life abundantly. And when I'm living my bios life, I'm living it in a struggle. Bios is where we get the word biology. Ecosystems and that sort of thing. But when I live in the presence of my Father, I live with an abundance of Zoe. He breathes into my essence with His presence. And I become a living soul. Amen. You have nothing apart from his presence. And if we would stop putting our worth and calculating and valuing our worth in how many people like us, praise us, or give us accolades. And understand that the only thing that we can place value on is the presence of the Father. Because there I am most valuable. The most invaluable thing I can have as a son is the presence of my father. Look at the story. He lost everything. But gained more than what he had lost. Simply by going home. My final words to you today. As they were Wednesday night. Go home and find yourself. Because you will not find yourself until you find who you are in his presence. Those friends that walked out on you, they were never friends. And for that case, the family that rejected you, they were not really family. Your neighbor has let you down. But the only thing that will take the void of rejection and hurt is the presence that you will find by going home to the Father's house. Will you go home today? I pray you will. And let me say this. I shared this Wednesday. I've shared it with some of the... Last week when I was writing the notes on this, on this revelation, which... Just so that you can understand, and this is not all of them. This is sonship. This is sonship. Separate notes. And so were these. And there's more that I haven't printed off. All the revelation of sonship. Rejection will make you bitter. And I used to say a hundred times a week, I'm not bitter. And I think it's safe to say that if we compared failures, I would get you. And if we compared rejection, I'd beat you there too. Because I've had numerous people leave me and reject me and refuse me and ignore me and forget that I was even alive. Many of them that I gave my soul heart to, many of them that I spent countless nights in the, in the, late, in the late morning hours praying over them, thinking of them, Asking God to touch them. 
that one day just decided that I was not worth being in their lives and they were not worth being in mine. And as I said Wednesday, I've had I've had people lie about me, say things about me that were not true. Disclose private conversations that they didn't have my permission to disclose only so that they could further their agenda and and and, and, and possibly network and, and 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 associate themselves with other ministries. So for the entire duration of my ministry, <clears throat> I've dealt with bitterness and rejection and hurt. And, 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 and here's the thing, I sat in the mire and the filth and I sulked in my own misery. Needing those that called me a friend to be a friend. And nobody would feed me for years. And even when, when, when I had true friends, the, 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 the spirit of rejection and bitterness would always come back and taunt me when I was alone. Because I always wondered why the elder son would stand on the outside and talk about me. Why the elder son would stay outside and spew in his hatred towards me when I had done nothing to him. But then the revelation of sonship and the revelation of celebration that the Father permeated my celebration with his presence, released me from the stench and the decay of bitterness and rejection. And that's why I'm telling you that nothing has set me free or released me as much as this revelation. And my earnest prayer is that it releases you too. Because they do not define you. If you have a relationship with the Father, you have everything that you need. This, my son, let it be the most gracious and glorious and liberating revelation that you ever receive. This, my son. This, my daughter. Let's stand. Father, I thank you, God, for this morning. I thank you, Lord God, for the afternoon that you've permitted and allowed us to come in and to, uh, to, to assemble ourselves together and to come as one under one roof, God, that we would come into your presence this morning, that we would come into the, the liberating revelation that you are good Father, that you are Abba, and that we are sons and daughters, that we have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit of full acceptance, Lord. Father, let the revelation that when they reject us, you have accepted us. That when they refused us, you have exalted us. And let us stand with peace. Let us stand within that grace that we are sons and daughters. And that whether we have friends or not, we have a father. And whether or not we have friends, we have father. Father, let this be a decree that when we run into unfavorable circumstances when things just seem not to go our way when things just seem to be against us let us say but Abba let us say within ourselves but Abba when we find ourselves in the mire of rejection And then in the muck of refusal, 
when the filth of rejection and refusal seem to consume us like quicksand. And it's soon that we will fade away. Let our spirit cry, Abba. Let our spirit cry within us, Abba. I belong to you. Abba, I belong to you. Let that revelation release us from the sinking sands of rejection. Let that revelation of Abba release us and redeem us as sons. Let the redeemed remnant come forward within that revelation today, Lord. And I pray that all those that are here today, that they make their way home and they find themselves in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If uh, you can turn that off. Our vision for the Rooted Legacy podcast is that we give as much free content to God's creation as possible. However, if you've been affected by God's word and would like to give, you can do so at Tithely Online or on the Tithely app. Just search Laurel Branch Church of God. Our address is Clear Fork, West Virginia 24822. That is Tithely.ly, T-I-T-H-E dot l y thank you for listening and may god bless you and all that you do today